Yeah, I remember those negotiations with my wife early on being kind of hard because you're trying to believe this is going to work, but in the back of your mind, that fear's coming up and you're like, what if it doesn't? Because that's the thing too, is for us married guys, you kind of have to sell this idea to your spouse too. I always look at it like, hey, it's an opportunity to learn sales because that's the first person you've got to sell it to, right? Welcome to Seed Time Living. This is where we help you transform your financial life using timeless biblical principles. I'm your host, Bob Lodick, and I'm so glad to have you here today. Today is a special day because I get to share an interview with a good friend of mine named Joseph Michael. He's just a brilliant entrepreneur. I've learned so much from him. I've enjoyed being his friend. I've enjoyed being able to pick his brain. It's really great when you have really smart friends and you just ask him questions. And he's just one of the nicest, most genuine guys I've ever met. So I'm super excited to share this interview where we discuss this idea and the struggles behind getting a business off the ground and some of the things that we both had to wrestle through to do it and how we had to fight through our fears and some of the practical stuff along the way. And so if you are trying to get a business off the ground or you've always dreamed of starting a business, this is really gonna be helpful for you. This is kind of the thing that I wish I would have heard 10 years ago, would have helped me immensely. So without any further ado, I'm just gonna drop us on in there. Hey guys, I'm excited today to interview Joseph Michael. He runs ScribnerCoach.com, which is his bread and butter. It's really interesting. We're we're both entrepreneurs, he and I, and we discovered that we go to the same church together, and we had no idea. And it took a, a mutual friend of ours from Florida to inform us of this. So, so we have kind of an interesting uh, history, and we've we've since met up a few times, and he's becoming a real good friend of mine. Anyway, I just wanted to bring him on and do a quick interview and chat a little bit about business and getting something off the ground. He has a really good success story, and uh, he has a similar path to mine, but he actually made it quicker than I did to you know, replacing his day job. And so I just want to talk a little bit about that, some of those things with him. So with no further ado, Joseph, how are you doing today? Doing good, Bob. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to chat about this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I feel the same way. I remember back before I started Christian PF, I was wanting to start a business and I didn't even know what kind of business I want to start. I just wanted to run a business and I wanted to get something going kind of on the side, but I was afraid of all these things and I I didn't know what to do. What led you to the point that you decided you wanted to do Scrivener Coach? Like what were kind of the steps that you took to get there and kind of getting through all that? Okay, cool. Because I had no idea I was going to be doing Scrivener Coach yeah. at all. Like that was not my initial plan. It's kind of funny how those things work. Yeah. But I was the same way as you. Like I, I wanted to do something in business. In fact, I had tried. I was always this entrepreneur type, you know. I tried a lot of other things. Of course, failed. And I was almost to the point where I had given up on entrepreneurial type stuff. I was like, you know what? Maybe I just need to suck it up and just do the nine to five thing. Maybe this is just, you know, why can't I just be okay with that? It was funny because I just, out of a a need, really, it was trying to just make ends meet. The job I had was okay. I had a good, you know, decent day job. I was at for eight years. But the whole uh, pitch there was just be happy you have a job. You know, like, we're not doing raises again this year. We're not doing raises again this year. You know, just be happy you have a job. I was like, man, like, I get it. You know, I'm happy I have a job. But just trying to make ends meet and like, okay, we need, you know, we're going to pay off our debt. We were planning for another child. Like, you know, we went goals here. So I was like, all right. It's time to get out the old Dave Ramsey technique. Let's go find a, you know, a pizza place and I'll start delivering pizzas on Friday nights or something. I kept going to Emo's, that's a you know, St. Louis place, but uh, you know, Domino's, whatever, like three or four places. And I, I kept getting turned down by these places to get a job. 
it was either I didn't have any pizza delivery experience <laughs> or they just didn't have any positions open. I was like, man, come on. Why can't I just get a decent little job? I just need $300 a month. That was like my goal, just $300 a month. So literally out of desperation, I was driving home from work one day and I was just praying, God, give me wisdom on what I can do. You see, I'm working hard here. I'm trying to be honorable. I'm trying to do the right things. I just want to provide for my family and get a little bit of head. And he was just, I just felt like it was like this light bulb moment and I don't have too many of those. So it was really weird when I did. It was just like, you know, why don't you check online stuff like Google how to make money online? I know it sounds really, really cliche and crazy. And I was like, I fought it for a while. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. It's only scammy weirdos that are doing that stuff. And I don't, you know, I don't want to like sell stuff on eBay or whatever. Anyway, long story short, I ended up Googling around just different things. And I came up on, you know, the term passive income, found Pat Flynn, which for smart passive income and immediately saw his income reports and what he was doing. And I was like, wait a minute. What what is he doing? What is he selling? You know, he's not even selling anything, but people are thanking him all day long. And so that intrigued me. And I spent like the next month just devouring every link I could find on what he was doing and what people were doing blogging. I thought blogging was just like a diary thing that some people did. You know, they wrote about their life or something. And, you know, that's what led me into Internet business. I was interested and I was like, you know what? I have no idea what I'm doing, but I just want to get in the game. I want to get in that game. So I started a blog, you know, and probably started, you registered 10 different domain names every time I took a shower, you know, like Jeff Goins will say. <laughs> uh, and I spent the first six months just playing around and trying things. And it's amazing how when you look back, all the dots connect. Yeah, I feel like I had a similar kind of experience just where you look back and you see how all these pieces connected and it doesn't really make any sense at the time. But there's something about going through that process that I really feel like is important even if you can't see it, even if you yeah. can't realize why it's important, there's something there. You know, and a lot of people, a lot of the readers who I talk to, you know, and even people in real life who have aspirations of starting a business, one of the most common hangups I hear is this fear of failure. And people are afraid to fail and they're afraid to be embarrassed. They're afraid, they're just afraid to waste the time and the energy. And I'm just wondering what you did to kind of just push through that. Because I'm assuming you felt the same thing. If you didn't, let me know. But I think most of us have to fight through that. Yeah, that's, it's almost like a prerequisite, right? Like we have to fight through that. Even today, even having you know, a successful business, I still have to fight it. You know, every new piece of content you put out there, every blog post, before you hit that publish button, you know, there's that fear. You know, what if this is no good? What if people are going to like this? What if, you know, for some reason we have this ability to take everything personally like if they don't buy my product then it's a reflection on me personally but no really it's just hey they don't need it it's no big deal whatever I learned early on to I read somewhere and I wish I knew where it was so I could credit that person but they said as long as you view everything like a like a scientist just look at everything like an experiment and then it really kind of takes this heavy weight of failure off your shoulders if you just look at it like hey I'm gonna try this as an experiment if it goes well, great. If it doesn't, then I'm going to learn something and document that and then just keep trying. Then all of a sudden it feels like, I don't know, I don't have to succeed because all I'm doing is playing scientist here. But I remember that feeling in the beginning, like, oh, great. Like I was even nervous to tell my wife, I'm going to try something new. And it's like, you know, here we go again. <laughs> Joe's up to his next new thing. And, you know, my family and everybody had known I've tried things before and didn't work out. And, you know, you're kind of like, you're that guy. 
this was kind of around stuff I was interested in anyway. You know, I always love all the, the tech stuff. I always had this passion to teach and help people. I just never knew that you could do that and actually get paid really well for it and had no clue it could replace my day job income and, you know, live like a lifestyle that was my dream. No clue. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I think just for the purposes of context, uh, will you just quickly explain what Scrivener Coach is and what you do there so people yeah. know? Yeah, true. Good point. Because um, what Scrivener is, is it's like Microsoft Word on steroids. It's like this really robust word processor made out of a need for, you know, really like novelists in the beginning to organize all their writing, research, everything like all in one place. It also allows you to like push button you know, export for Kindle publishing or iBooks or anything like that. Does all that heavy lifting for you. I heard some people that were using Scrivener to write like their blog posts and their books and all that. So I was intrigued by that because I'm this really organizational kind of freak. <laughs> so I like to have all my stuff really organized. And I seen Scrivener. And I was like, oh, man, that is beautiful. Like I could have everything in folders and subfolders and links everywhere. So I just started using it to write my blog. Now, when I started, I had an efficiency blog. It was called Efficient Life Skills. I don't touch it much anymore because <laughs> Scrivener takes up most of my time. But Efficient Life Skills was like the thing I started with just to learn the whole, you know, whole game. And uh, I was using Scrivener to write my blog posts and all that in there. Then I stumbled across more and more experts, people I respected, Michael Hyatt and other people who had finally kind of broken into the space and said, you know, why I use Scrivener for all of my writing. I was one of the few who was, I thought, using it for blog posts. Usually it was just like, oh, unless you're writing a novel, you don't really need it. It was hard, though. Like, I remember thinking when I was using it, like, you open it up and it's foreign. I was like, I don't understand what to do with this. In fact, I put it away for a while and I kept hearing people talk about it. I was like, I need to pull that back out, you know, try again. And as I was reading other people talk about Scrivener, I would scroll down the comments and I always tell people it's kind of like when you buy a new car, you know, like all of a sudden you see that model car everywhere. So it's kind of like that with Scrivener. Like I was using it. So all of a sudden I seen articles on Scrivener everywhere and I was interested in seeing what other people had to say about it. And everybody had this similar like I tried it, but I quit. You know, I tried it, but it was too hard or I don't even know what to do with it. Or and I was kind of like, yeah, I remember that. But guys, you got to like you got to push through it because it's amazing once you do. And, you know, I would get in the comments and kind of have these conversations with people. And they would be like, well, how did you learn it? And, you know, I was like, well, I, I don't know. I just put in the work and, you know, studied and all that. And they were like, ah, I don't have time for that. Long story short, again, I saw in the comments somewhere on a, a post by Michael Hyatt, he even said in there, he's like, you know what? If there was a decent course on Scrivener, it's like, I would buy that today. He was asking, like, does anybody know of a course on it? And nobody could find it. I was like, really? There's no course, not even like on lynda.com or anything like that. All there was was some YouTube videos and things like that. Nothing really organized and... I was still naive enough back then to where I was like, I bet I could come up with something in a couple weekends. That's how it started. I, I wasn't afraid to like try, you know, I was like, well, let's experiment. If anything else, I'll learn how to create a course because it's something I'd heard people doing. And, and I was like, and I'll turn around and use that knowledge for something else. So I kept doing that. And then as I would have these conversations with people, I would interject that same thing. Like now I had something to say, oh, yeah, I remember that. I'm actually making this to help with that, you know, that learning curve. People were just like they were loving it. And then I finally got up the courage to charge money for it and all those kind of things. Touching on what you were just saying there and tying back to earlier, you know, uh, as far as the fear of failure and, and getting over that, one of the things that helped me so much was realizing that. 
um, you know, every failure leads you to the next success. And it's, it's almost an essential component. I remember, uh, I think it was a CEO of IBM or something said something, if you want to double your rate of success, you have to double your rate of failure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's always just kind of stuck with me, you know? And so, and like you, I still deal with that same thing today, uh, with anything I'd launch or any, um, different project I get involved in, or even a blog post, you know, a lot of them are failures, you know, in my book, but they're leading me to some successes. And, and it just seems like an essential part of the whole thing. And, and when you know that it's okay to fail, it's okay to screw up, and it's okay to, you know, not have it not go how you plan. But you take that and you just use it as a kind of stepping stone for the next part. Um, I don't know, at least it helped me just kind of blast through that a little bit. Oh, absolutely. There's this book I actually just finished reading called The Seven Day Startup by Dan Norris. He's the guy who started WP Curve. And it's amazing on the mindset that he talks about in there about failing and the kind of things we're touching on. But his whole philosophy is you don't start learning until you launch. So he encourages people to get whatever it is out the door, just get a a minimal viable product out there and then launch it. And then learn, because that's when you'll learn what to create, your, your feedback you'll get, and the customers will start to tell you. Well, and that's really interesting to bring me up, because that was something else I wanted to ask you about. This is another thing I see a lot of new entrepreneurs get hung up on, where they will spend six months or a year trying to get their blog designed perfect, trying to do this, or trying to get every single component of their business set up perfect before anyone even knows about it, before they ever even test the concept. And so how do you or how did you kind of balance fighting against that while also maintaining a high level of excellence and really getting something good, you know, before you went out the door, but not being addicted to perfection? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah. that's a tough one. I mean, I still struggle with that today. I'm in the middle of creating another product and I keep going back to that. Like, oh, just stop. You know, he, he says another quote in that book. If you're not slightly embarrassed by what you launched, then you waited too long. And so I keep trying to keep that in mind, like, am I embarrassed by this? Yes. Okay, then you're early enough. That's probably when you need to just launch it and start getting feedback. I mean, I struggle with perfectionism, I think, like most of us do. And it's like, you feel like, again, it's a reflection on you. Of course, we want it to be perfect. But if you talk to anybody, nobody's site was, you know, perfect at first. I look back at my first version of you know my course it was it was so ugly but it worked and it had stuff and um well and it had you waited until you got to this point which you probably never yeah. would have because you kind of had to go through that process but had you yeah. waited you'd still be at your day job yeah. who knows what opportunities oh. would have been missed you know oh man yeah like if i could go back and talk to my earlier self i would tell him to start even sooner like i waited too long to put a price tag on it because i was afraid and I mean, the, the I have a top level version of the course sells for one forty seven today. When I first started, I was scared to death to charge twenty nine dollars for it. Like I just I don't know why I just didn't think anybody would buy it. Here's the thing that helped me probably the most is, again, somebody told me early on with the videos, because a lot of my my course is video based. And of course, when you're a perfectionist and if you're watching yourself on video or you're listening to your audio Oh, like I wanted to tweak and tweak and tweak and edit to where it would like hardly be anything left. There'd be like a minute left. And I'd be like, well, that's the only clean sentence I said that whole time. But I remember telling myself, okay, I can always go back and fix this later. This is version one. This is 1.0. You know, like this is not version, you know, 3.0. This is 1.0. Get a video out there, get the content out there. And I'll go back and change it later. And two years later today, I have not gone and changed some of those original videos. And people comment, 
daily about the quality of the videos. And so sometimes I think we really are our worst critic. And I mean, if they're really bad, you know, you'll get that feedback and people will say, I loved it, but, you know, I could hardly hear you in the video. You know, OK, time to invest in a new mic or whatever. But don't be afraid, you know, to start small, humble beginnings. I used a, a little bitty blue snowflake microphone. It was like 30 bucks on Amazon. I put a sock over it because I didn't have a pop filter. It works. Well, and that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur right now, because there, there's never been an easier time to get started in a business cheaper than today. It's like yeah. the days of having to go take $150,000 loan from the bank. I mean, for most businesses, and obviously some of them, you need some capital like that. But there's so many businesses that can be started with next to nothing or, or $100. So anyway, moving on, I wanted to ask you about, this is something else people ask me a lot about, about balancing your time when you're trying to do this on the side and you have family and you have work and you know some people have demanding jobs and and I know for myself I used to write articles you know I would write articles from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on Friday nights and then I would you know work uh, on the website on like Saturdays and you know squeeze in stuff wherever I could while I was doing it part-time until I got up to the full-time level how did you handle that I mean how did you you know balance your time and stay focused on the important things and you know, those things along that line. Yeah, that was honestly probably one of my biggest struggles because it was hard to find like that time. And especially once you get something rolling and then you're passionate about it. Like I have this sort of addictive personality to where like I want to just dive in and that's like all I want to do. And so I had to find that balance between even when I wasn't technically working or, you know, if it's if it's family time and I'm still over here thinking about, oh, I got to do this, got to do that. And I'm, you know, trying to write stuff down. It was hard, and I have little kids, so they take up a lot of more time. And you're trying to be, you know, you're trying to be a good husband, trying to be a good father during all this time. So it's really finding those small little margins, like you said. So I knew, you know, I had to get up at five in the morning on Saturdays. Not fun, but that was like the only time. So I would work from, you know, five to sometimes noon on Saturday. And then that was kind of this you know, bargain that I made with my family, like, okay, just give me until noon. And then the rest of the day, that's it. Like, I'm done. I'll disconnect. And I did that for a lot of weeks. And then the other thing was finding those other little margins. Like I skipped my lunches at work. I just ate something in my car and then I would record videos during my lunch break. I literally took my laptop into the car and somebody told me like a car is really not that bad because it's got all that cloth and it absorbs the sound. So I was like, OK, well, so I started. To, <laughs> this is kind of funny because I didn't have Internet, obviously, in the car. So I would go and, and park in the parking lot of Starbucks up the street, try to tap into the Wi-Fi, you know, like park as close to the building as I could. And then people would see me climb into the backseat, <laughs> pop up on my laptop. And then I have this little microphone on top of my, you know, laptop. And I'm just going away. And hey, you know, if I could just get one tutorial recorded. That was one more that I had that I didn't have before. The trick is to be okay with it being kind of a marathon. Like, just know that it, it will take longer. But those pieces add up. And, like, eventually you're going to look back and you're going to say, man, I'm so glad I did rather than I wish I would have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and one of the things I was asking myself in that phase is I can do this now. I can make some of these sacrifices now. And three, five years from now, I'll be where I want to be. Or I can not do this now yeah. and go watch TV or whatever else. And I'm going to be in the same spot three or five years from now. Yeah. When I thought about it that way, it's like, 
it made it a little bit easier making those sacrifices. And I did the same thing with my wife, Linda, uh, that you did, where it's like Saturday mornings, she would always be, I, I'd get up early just as well. And she'd be like, oh, no, no, why don't you just, I'm like, yeah. honey, I just need to, I need to do this now. And if you let me do this now, things will be different down the road. And by the grace of God, they are. And it was a sacrifice well worth making, you know. Yeah, I remember those negotiations with my wife early on, too, being kind of hard because you're trying to believe this is going to work. But then in the back of your mind, that fear's coming up and you're like, what if it doesn't? Because that's the thing, too, is for us married guys, you kind of have to sell this idea to your spouse, too. I always look at it like, hey, it's an opportunity to learn sales because that's the first person you've got to sell it to, right? It was funny because I, I had probably the most validating moment or one of the most validating moments just a couple weeks ago when my wife was like, wow, honey, I can't believe this is really happening like you said it was going to happen. <laughs> and I was like, I can't either. But that's really cool to hear that like, okay, so that time in that beginning, it pays off. It really does. Thinking back for me, I remember when I first started on this journey and kind of had aspirations of doing this full time. And it seemed like an impossibility. I guess when I was on the other side as an employee, it seemed so much more difficult than it is. And, and I'm not at all saying that it's easy. It's not easy. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of discipline and a whole bunch of other things. But looking back, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was on that side. Did you have that experience? Yeah. In fact, you worded that pretty well because I didn't. I never really knew how to word that. Because in one sense, I want to say this was easier than I thought. But then on the other hand, it's like this was the hardest thing I've ever done. But I remember thinking that too. Like when I started to see money come in, I was like, wait a minute, does that just go straight to me? Like, is this something's wrong here? How is this just easy that this is just money coming in? I don't get it. It seems like I'm supposed to have overhead or, you know, I, I really don't have that many expenses. You mean this is just profit? What? You know, other than taxes, when I started to learn about how much I was going to have to give up for that. But I do remember thinking that like, okay. And even with connecting with people, I was scared to death to connect with people. I didn't really know how to network. And everybody said, in order to grow, in order to scale, you've got to connect with people. You've got to help each other. And I was like, I'm going to try to do that without without doing that because I don't know what to do. And I found that to be a whole lot easier, too. Like, I just messaged people on Facebook. I really liked your thing, you know. Your article was awesome. And they're like, yeah, thanks. What do you have going on? Oh, that's cool. We might have the same kind of ideas. You want to chat and discuss just 10 minutes on Skype? And then, every, like, so many people are so much more receptive than you think. And I always just thought maybe it was because I have just this negative, you know, maybe I think too deep into everything. <laughs> but really, it's, it's really just about action. If you take action versus if you're a professional learner, and there comes a time where even I had to like put myself on this information diet, I call it because I could learn, learn, learn like, oh, here's the next thing. And then you're chasing this rabbit trail and to where it's like, okay, enough consumption, it's time to put content out. Like, it's time to stop consuming, stop learning for a period, and create something. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things I have seen over and over again. There are certain people who feel like the more that they learn, it's almost an excuse for not taking action. And there, there's comfort in just sitting here and continuing to learn. I'm going to continue to learn until I know everything before I ever try anything. And it's kind of the same procrastination thing or, mm. or something that just never... Yeah, I just haven't seen good things come from it. And, and I, I'm the same way. It's like, I, I really love learning, but it's like, you have to balance that with action. And action yeah. is really where the results come. You know, it's like, right. it's, it's good to take smart action and learning will help you do that. But it's the action that leads to results. Yeah. So for instance, too, something that's really practical that you can do is, for instance, when I had to learn each piece step by step. So like, I didn't know how to set up a, a membership plugin. 
or I didn't know which one to use or what, you know, so it was like when I was learning about that, those were the articles I would go after and like learn just about that topic. And then when I figured that out and I took action on it, then it was like, what's my next thing? Okay, payment processors. I know nothing about payment processors. So which one do people use? I don't know. So then it's like, okay, we do research and we read blog posts related to that particular topic and then take action on it. And it's really hard, though, because, you know, you jump online and you'll see a million different directions to go in. And you're like, oh, but maybe that's the secret ticket. And really, it's like there's no secret thing. It's just take action. Just do the work and stop procrastinating by being a professional learner. I mean, I still have to remind myself this, too, all the time. Yeah, I remember Tim Ferriss talking about how he viewed stuff like that. And, and it was exactly the same process you're talking about where he would not read an article about how to do something that was two steps down the road. He wouldn't even look at it. He would save that for later and then read that when he needed it rather than having to read it twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, along those lines, all that said, learning is an important part of this rather than trying to, you know, figure everything out on your own. I think, you know, in your case, your course is, you know, a proof of that. It's people can move a lot quicker a lot of times when they get the right tool showing them what to do. That said... Are there any books, tools, courses, anything that helped you or that made how you progressed to full-time income with your business in a year and a half? Is there anything along those lines that you recommend? Okay, well, The Seven-Day Startup by Dan Norris that I just recommended, that book is a a huge, if if you're like building a product or you're going to get ready to launch something, I definitely recommend that to everybody. Gary Vaynerchuk's Crush It is just a huge like butt kicker motivator. I remember reading that and being like, oh my gosh, like I can do this thing. Like I lived off of the momentum from that book for like weeks. Even his latest one, Jab, 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 Right Hook is a great, it's like, like a great introduction to how things are played out on social media and really just in the internet business in general. It's all about giving. So like the more you look for giving opportunities online, especially with making connections, like you give, give, give before you ever ask for anything. That's huge because so many people are takers, you know? <laughs> I read yeah. that book too and I, I, I recommend it. It's good for yeah, that. It is. It's really good. Tim Ferriss, Four Hour Work Week, obviously was a whole nother, you know, mind blown eye opener for me. Like, wow, you could really automate a lot of this stuff and work less. Let's see. There's I'm always constantly trying to read something that expands my thinking in a new way or is either motivating. I don't have a lot of time, though, especially when I'm like right now, I'm like in creation mode. So it's like there's seasons of life, I think. Like right now, I'm trying to create another product. So it's like I know I have to limit my consumption time to like 10 minutes or, you know, 10 minutes before bed, I'll read a little bit of something, something. But I really like audio books. During my day job, that was one thing that I lived on. Like, I didn't listen to the radio for like a year. It was my drive to work was filled with podcasts and audiobooks. That was like my education. That was like a four year degree worth of information right there. And in fact, it's, I was just talking to my wife about it the other day. That's one of the things that's probably what I miss more than anything is a half an hour drive to work. Because yep. now that I'm at home, even though it doesn't make sense, it's really hard for me to sit down and turn on an audiobook. But when I had that forced 30 minutes in, in the car to and from work, it was, I had to do it. I mean, there's nothing else to do. It's the radio or that. And this is going to make me smarter and help me get to my business goals quicker. And, you know. Yeah. I, I totally just said that to my wife last week. It was crazy. I'm so backed up on any podcast or anything because that used to be my time. And that's like the one thing I miss. I started to think, <laughs> this is going to sound stupid, but like I'm going to plan to drive to Starbucks, you know, 25 minutes away from my house. 
just to get the drive time in and then work there. And then so maybe you can meet me and we'll do a little co-working thing there or something. <laughs> well, I, I want to wrap things up here pretty soon. Um, let me ask you, let me ask you this real quick. If you were writing a book about all this, any lessons that you've learned over the last year that you would pass along to somebody who, I mean, you've obviously talked a lot about them, but anything else that you'd pass along to somebody who is just wanting to start a business? I think the biggest one I would say is don't get put off by the time it's going to take. Like in our head, I remember originally starting and saying, I'll put five years on this and be okay with that. Like if this takes me five years and I come out the other end, that would still have been worth it. But let's say even if it took 10, a lot of people's initial thought is, well, I don't have, I don't have 10 years. It's like, well, here's, here's something to keep in mind. That 10 years is going to go by no matter what. Sometimes you hear this example with people who are, let's say, 45 or 50 years old, and they don't like the career they chose. And they're like, well, I can't go back to school and try something else. It's like, well, if it took you 10 years of schooling, and then after that 10 years, you got to be that thing. Well, that 10 years is going to go by anyway. And at the end of that 10 years, are you going to look back and say, you know, you still stuck in the same position or did you do something? So I've always kept that in my mind because I get discouraged real easy with thinking like, I just want this now. I don't want this to take a year. But oh, well, you know, that year is going to come either way. Just do little baby steps. Do something every day that's going to move you forward. Um, that's a big lesson that I've kind of learned. Well, yeah. And along those lines, what's interesting and beautiful about that is, if you look at how God does things, it's like almost everything he does is like that, where he plants a small seed and you have small little growth. It's not normally something that just explodes out of thin air. You know what I mean? And I think our journey with this, with building a business, you know, is oftentimes very similar. And we should be excited about that, you know? Something else I would say too, like a lesson is like, don't get discouraged if you don't know everything right away, because you won't. It's impossible. I look back now at what I've learned and I'm like, how did I even do anything? I didn't know anything compared to like what I know now, but that's okay. That's how you learn and just get excited about that process of learning. It's fun to discover and try new things and don't be afraid to ask God for wisdom. Seriously, that I relied on that so much in the beginning was just like, I don't know what to do. Just pray for wisdom. That's how this whole thing started for me. It's amazing. Whether it's a connection, like lead me to the right person who can help me think about things the way I need to, you know, and it's, it's amazing. You'll have this one conversation and you'll realize a day or two later, like, oh my gosh, that was it. That was that answer to that prayer. Like, so it's crazy how those things work out. All right. Um, well, let's get things wrapped up here. So tell me about, you were talking about your new product that you're going to be launching. Can you tell our readers a little bit about that and what you're going to be doing? Yeah. So it's funny because you would never probably guess that the number one question I get from a Scrivener course is how did you create this course? That is the number one question I get from students. Not anything about Scrivener. It's how did you create this course? Can you show me what you did? This is the best laid out course I've ever seen. You know, this had to cost a fortune. I'm always amazed. I'm like, no, this cost me pretty much nothing because I'm the guy who didn't know a single bit of CSS or programming. Not, you know, like I was a bootstrapper. I didn't have any extra money to spend. So after enough of those emails, I finally got the idea that, okay, I need to create something to show people exactly what I did. So that's what I've been spending time doing is breaking it down for like the do-it-yourselfers, the people who are just getting started, who don't have, you know, a fortune to outsource everything, is how you can create an awesome course, how you can organize everything, you know, the plugins I've found, the articles, I'm kind of creating a curriculum around it. Like you mentioned, what books helped you and what 
YouTube videos and all this kind of learning education that I found. I'm kind of picking through all the mass stuff out there and organizing it into here's a program that's going to get you on the fast track to creating a digital product and how you can get it out there and get it out there quicker and start making a profit. So I'm actually going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm going to be teaching stuff live, going over some training stuff, like just to get people on with me and have a chat role and just interact with people and see like what they're struggling with so that I can help make that perfect thing for them. So it's kind of really meta because it's like what I'm doing is what I'm going to be teaching people to do. Interact with your audience, get feedback from them. They'll tell you what to create. So I'm kind of like living it in reverse and showing them what they need to be doing. If you go to productcreationlive.com, you'll see a short video from me there and explaining kind of what we're doing. You can sign up and be on the, the early bird list. And in the background of this, I'm creating you know a step-by-step course for exactly how to do it. It's been fun. Very yeah, cool. I'm excited about it. All right. Well, I won't take up any more of your time. I'm really, really glad you came on and I'm excited. I think we got some helpful stuff out here. I would like to maybe get into some more meat and potatoes. So maybe we can do this again sometime and kind of covered some more of that. But but anyway, I appreciate you coming on and uh, hope you have a great day. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. I hope you found that helpful. And if you did, please leave me a comment over at the blog, seedtime.com, or you can find us at Seedtime on Twitter or Instagram or over at Facebook. And if you've enjoyed this podcast at all, I would appreciate it so much if you could leave us a review over at the iTunes store. It'll help us immensely just kind of getting the word out about what we're doing. So that's all for today. Have a wonderful day and I will talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.